This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Brooks Jensen, Anacortes, Washington. Master and Man by Leo Tolstoy. Section 7. Up to this moment, Nikita had never once stirred since he first squatted down behind the sledge and covered himself over with the apron. Like all people who live in close contact with nature and are familiar with hardship, he was patient and could sit waiting for hours, or even for days, without growing restless or losing his temper. He had heard his master call out to him twice, yet he had returned no answer, for the sole reason that he did not feel inclined to stir or go to the trouble of raising his voice. Although he was warm enough at the time he had sat down, both with the tea which he had drunk and with the exertion of plunging through snowdrifts, he knew that that would not last long, and he would be powerless to restore the warmth by exercising himself, since he felt as utterly worn out as a horse feels when he stops and can go no further, despite the severest whipping, and his master sees that no further work can be got out of him until he has been rested and fed. Moreover, one of his feet had got frostbitten through its ragged boot, so that the big toe had lost all sensation, and his whole body was becoming steadily colder and colder. Consequently, in time, the thought began to enter his head that he might have to die that night. Yet the thought was neither particularly unwelcome nor particularly awe-inspiring. It was not particularly unwelcome for the reason that his life had not been exactly an uninterrupted holiday, but, on the contrary, a life of ceaseless servitude, of which he was beginning to grow weary. Nor did the thought seem to him particularly awe-inspiring, for the reason that, over and above the masters whom he had served on earth, masters such as Vasily Andreitch, he had always felt himself dependent upon the great master who had sent him into this life, and knew that, in dying, he would still remain that master's servant, and that that master would be good to him. Should I be sorry to leave the life in which I am settled and which I am accustomed to, he thought? Well, even if I have to go, I cannot help myself, and it were best to prepare for the new one. My sins, he went on presently as he remembered his drunken orgies, the money squandered on drink, his insults to his wife, his frequent oaths, his neglect of church-going, his non-observance of fast days, and all the many things for which the priest had reproved him at confession time. Well, of course they were sins. I have never denied that. But it was God who made me what I am. Yet what terrible sins they have been! What will become of me for such sins? Then, from thinking of what might be in store for him the night he passed, without recurring to that thought, to memories which came into his head at random. He thought of Martha's arrival, of the workmen's carouse, of his refusal to share their liquor of the present expedition, of Taras's hut, of the talk about family separations, of his little lad, of Brownie, now doubtless growing warm under his sacking, 
and of the master who was making the sledge creak above him as he tossed and turned. Well, I had plenty of tea to drink there, and was tired, he thought. I had no wish to start out again. I had no wish to leave such good living to come and die in this hole. Yet he wished otherwise. Then all these memories swam together and jumbled themselves up in his head, and he went off into a doze. From this doze he was awakened by Vasily shaking the sledge as he mounted the cob, shaking it so violently that it slewed right around and struck Nikita in the back with one of its runners, forcing him, willy-nilly, to shift his position. Stretching out his legs with some difficulty and sweeping the snow off them, he raised himself a little and at once felt a pang shoot through his body. Understanding at the first glance what Vasily intended to do, he begged him to leave the sacking behind, since the cob no longer needed it, and it would make an additional covering for himself. He shouted to Vasily to that effect, but the latter disappeared in the snow-dust without heeding him. Left alone, Nikita considered what he had better do. He felt that he had not sufficient strength also to go off in search of a human habitation, while it was impossible for him to resume his old seat, since the snow had filled up the hole already. Even if he got into the sledge, things would not mend, for he had no extra covering, and his halat and fur jacket no longer kept him warm. He could not have felt colder if he had been clad only in a shirt. The situation was becoming one of positive agony. Little father, our little father in heaven, he cried aloud, and the knowledge that he was not alone, but that there was one who could hear him and would never abandon him, brought him comfort. He drew a deep sigh, and with the apron still covering his head, crept into the sledge and lay down where his master had been. Even there, however, he could not grow warm. At first he kept shivering all over, then the shivering fit passed away and he began to lose consciousness. He might have been dead or asleep for all he could tell, yet felt prepared for either eventuality. This ends Section 7